Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining us for another week of the Rec Poker Podcast Forums Edition. I'm your host, Jim Reed, Jim in the forums, and Bluffsterini in the Poker Stars home game. It's a pleasure to be here with this panel, starting with Chris Jones. Yeah, I'm Chris Jones. I'm 5x5 five five on Poker Stars and Twitter. And I'm John Somsky. I'm Poker Geek MN everywhere. I'm Rob Washam, and I'm Rabman50 everywhere. Uh, this is Taylor Moss. You can find me on Twitter at Taylor underscore Moss or in the Rec Poker home game as GopherboyTJM. And uh, I'd like to thank Learn Pro Poker, Website Amp, and Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack, and Casino for their generosity in making this podcast possible. And I'd also like to thank our friend Jamel for coming back for one more week to talk poker with the panel. Uh, Jamel, tell the folks where they can find you. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jim. Um, I'm Jamel Cuevas. I'm Jamel on the forums and Fortune NY on the um, Rectop Poker home games. And Jamel is rocking a really good looking hat today. I got to tell everybody, boy, I hope you can find hats like that in the Rec Dot Poker shop because boy, you're making that look good. You're making that look good, Jamel. So just like every week, we're going to talk about a uh, post from the Rec Poker forums. And just like every week, we're playing in the home game, trying to take chips away from each other, trying to earn that elusive bronze pin. Uh, tonight, we're talking about a hand or a post by our very own 5x5, five five, Chris Jones. The, the name of it is ISO Jam Squeeze, Good or Reckless. Take us through it, Chris. Yeah, so this was came from a home game spot, um, and I think it's a spot uh, that uh, is kind of interesting. Um, so um, it's in a, uh, we're at the 200-400 level, um, and uh, Marbles Jam has a stack of 14K and opens to 800. Um, I'm forgetting who this other player was, but they had a small stack of about 2,200. They were right next to Marbles Jam, so sort of an early position uh, player with a short stack uh, uh, jammed for 2,200. And it folds around to me on the button. I have 11K in my stack, and I have Ace-Jack offsuit. Um, uh, before I tell you, I guess I can, should I tell you what I did, or, should, or do we want to discuss what what i should do why don't you tell us what you were thinking about doing and then we can talk okay. about whether well, what, what the good option was in in game i elected to jam here um for for 11k uh into a 14k stack um because um the way i was thinking is that i really kind of hate the idea of calling here um i and i feel like i put an enormous amount of pressure on uh, the Marbles Jam stack and that the short stack is probably wider, much wider. They're getting short. They need to make a move. They're probably much wider than my ace jack. So I think I can isolate with my ace jack, um, potentially get better hands to fold um, and uh, go heads up against, uh, against that stack while collecting some dead money. So that was my thinking in the spot. But... Uh, what do you think? I guess my questions are, what do you think of the play? And then secondly, if you're in Marble Jam's position, what's the weakest hand that you'd call with? What do you think, panel? When I'm in this spot, I, I'm always stuck. And Ace-Jack is such a good hand for this conversation because I agree with you, Chris. I don't think you can call there because you don't really get to define your opponent's range as much at all. You're in, you're in a spot where you're going to have a hand that – 
if it flops top pair, it's probably <clears throat> good, but not always good. And if it doesn't, it's almost certainly worthless. Um, so I like the idea of getting some fold equity here. And squeezes are a good place to exploit that, right? Like if you, if you, if you feel like you want to get some fold equity, find a squeeze spot. Um, because it does, it puts that extra pressure on, on both players. Um, I could talk a bit about why you might choose ace jack or some other hands to do this with, but I'm interested in the rest of the panel's take on, on, on this spot. What do you think about the ranges of the other players? How, how would you play this? Give me a little feedback. Honestly, I, I, oh, oh, okay. All right. All right. <laughs> I, I think ISO jams are very underutilized by a lot of recreational players and they should be added to everyone's arsenal as, as soon as they can. Uh, Cause if we just break this hand down and take all hand values out of this, uh, we have someone who opened up to 800 chips and then someone jam for a total of 2,200. Uh, so if we just think about this spot, uh, if we have a hand that's good enough to want to call this 2200, there's a lot of value in getting that other person to fold and fold their 800 chips and put that into the middle. Because uh, if you accomplish that, uh, so I'll try and use big blinds instead. So it was two big blinds and then a jam for just over five. If you get that situation where you jam the other person folds and your heads up versus this other person for a five big blind all in. Well, now there's a little bit extra in there because now there's an extra two big blinds. Uh, just thinking about like normal situations, whenever there's an all in and a call, there's usually an extra two big blinds in there from the big blind and the antis. Now there's an extra two big blinds in there. It's just that much more incentivizing for uh, you to want to play this hand. So like at a case level, that's kind of why we want to do this. Why we don't want to call in these spots is because it puts our hands so face up. Now we're in a spot where there's a lot of chips in the middle and it's likely going to be a situation where the first person to act at it is going to win this hand. And when we're in those spots, we typically are only calling with what I like to call the shoulder ranges, you know, it's not the aces. It's not the Kings. It's not the Queens. It's more hands like Jack's tens, ace, Jack, King, queen, uh, you know, eights, you know, things of those lines that just don't generally flop all that well and flop in a way that makes you super confident to get it in. So if you can capitalize on some fold equity and get what should be a short stacks wide range heads up, like that's great. Like I want, I want to be doing that all day long. And particularly with a hand like Ace Jack, exactly. Um, you're gonna be dominating a lot of that short stacks range when they come over the top. They're gonna to be doing that with Aces worse than Jack. And uh, they're the ones that you do wanna line up. And, and just for some of our audience, you know, a squeeze is anytime there's an open raise and then there's a call, and then you have an opportunity to make a re-raise on top of that. And what, one of the things that makes it effective is that the first, the original raiser, they have to think about how is that next player going to call. They don't actually get to close the action. And so they have to release some hands that they would proceed with if they were closing the action. So you've, you've already applied some fold equity in a very direct, easy to see way. And then the next player, um, the player who's really getting squeezed, uh, they've already capped their range by calling in position instead of uh, re-raising. And so in a way they have already 
um, you can eliminate some of the stronger hands from their range. Now in this play, that doesn't quite apply because they've shoved a small stack, but it's just, it's just a different reason to get involved in the hand at this point is because as Chris is saying, they're getting anxious to double up. They're gonna start taking some of those flips against the original raising range. And uh, you, can, you can isolate them and get everybody else out of the hand uh, when you do that. Another reason not, not to call in this particular spot is because that's going to incentivize that original razor to call. And you do not want to be playing multi-way with ace-jack. Even though you're effectively heads up from an action point of view after that, you're still going to have to show down your hand against that third hand at the end. And ace-jack is just not a multi-way hand. It's a hand that benefits from playing uh, heads up. So I, I'd say that it makes it an even better candidate to put it in a, in a raise spot there. Yeah, the, the sort of the effect of a short stack shoving in that spot isn't to cap their range, but it's to, it really widens their range. And that's, yeah. I think that's what we're talking about here is like it's, it's, it sort of has the same sort of effect of a squeeze because we think that our, our ace jack is potentially ahead of their range. Um, you know, not always, but, but uh, ahead of like what, what their, their shoving range might be. Um, and so, and the other thing that, that I like about ace jack versus say um you know pocket eights or something like that is that we do have that that blocker effect um in terms of what we what we don't want to have happen here is to be called by marvel's jam um because we're really crushed by that calling range um but once we make we can, the shove we, you mean once we make that over once we, once we, make once that we shove our 11k stack yeah um it's it's a real it's 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 not a good sign. I mean, we can we can possibly you know you know we can be up against kings and queens and something and pull out our ace out of the the hat, but we're we're in some trouble if we get called there. Um, but um, but our ace is a nice blocker in that it reduces the number of combos of of um, ace king, ace queen, aces that they have in their hand, even pocket jacks. So uh, it's, it's a nice hand to do this with. Yeah, and when I'm thinking about those hands to choose for this, uh, whether it's a light three bet or a shove, um, the factors that I'm always thinking about, obviously there's just top-down value. Like, is it a value raise? Is it a value shove? Um, it would be nice if you could always just do it with value hands, but uh, we're gonna advocate for widening that range up a little bit. And when you do, um, you've really got to, you've got to weigh the, these two factors, the, the blocker effect, and then the equity when called. Um, because, and they kind of work hand in hand. There's some tension there because the hands that are good blockers, it's kind of another way of saying no kicker. Um, so when they do continue, they're going to do it despite the fact that it wasn't very likely that they had an excellent hand. And the uh, bad news is they they have an excellent hand. <laughs> so when they do have aces, um, you know, ace jack's not a great holding to have there, but it's just less likely that they have it. Um, when you're shoving, you don't get to, we talk about making light three bets with hands like suited connectors maybe because you get to cover a lot of boards. So you can then make post-flop decisions surprisingly or to your advantage or more often. Uh, but when you're shoving, that that is a tool that's not available to you. So um, blockers become kind of more important and playability becomes less important. Um, so I think that, yeah, jump in there. Well, so, and then, yeah. And 
on the opposite side of this, um, I really was kind of curious if you're in Marble's Jam's position here and you're fa you're facing this action, what is the weakest hand you would call with? So the original, the, the original razor, and then you get the small raise, and then you shove. Mm -hmm. Maybe ace queen. Ace mm -hmm. queen. Ace queen suited, maybe. Mm -hmm. And what's the the lowest pair you call with? Tens. I said jacks. Jacks. Might do tens, but maybe tens. Mm -hmm. So they're folding a lot. Right. They're, they're uh, folding it, a lot, it, right? and it it comes to a point that I was going to bring up too before uh, we moved on is what it, what is their opening range too? Like mm -hmm. we talk about like this spot and like this is great if it's you know a middle position or late position open with a shove right behind it. Like yeah, this is you know just get those chips in with Ace Jack in this spot. But we do have the early position open, which I'm going to assume probably means under the gun or under the gun plus one. And if we're playing nine-handed that should be a pretty strong range which makes the fold a little bit less likely and we should be you know kind of concerned about that and it it, it decentivizes you from going for this iso jam uh but when you're in later if they're in later position yeah if they've got hands that they're opening like king 10 king jack uh queen jack jack 10 you know sixes fives fours all those types of hands that they're going to open and just you know they're going to fold if you go for an ISO jam. Like, this is just great for you to just jam in ace-jack here and be happy about it. So I've got a question. Um, so one question is, when we're, when we're talking about this blocker value, your ace is blocking a lot of the premium hands that you want them to have. The jack is kind of blocking some of those hands that you want them to be folding in this spot, right? It's a lot of those second best hands. Um, queen, Jack, King, Jack, you know, Jack 10, like we were talking about. I know it's not really that important, but can you guys talk a bit about why you might choose like Ace, Jack instead of Ace, Seven here? Um, just from a, you know, get, kind of get the same blocker effect. Is it straight equity when called? Is that, is that a reason why it's just not in your, in your range? I see a lot of nodding heads. I'd say yes. Um, and I think this, if, if we start going, you know, next level thinking with this type of thing, I think this is why a lot of uh, charts that you'll see will have hands like ace five suited mm. doing this. Because one of the hands that they open here that we're actually targeting to get a fold is ace jack. And when we have ace jack ourselves, it makes it less likely for them to have that hand. Maybe they have ace 10 and that's something that you're targeting, but that's also a hand that you're currently beating and kind of want to get the chips in with. So it's, you know, kind of that weird situation of like, you want them to have certain hands and fold certain hands. And if you really think about it, you, you don't really want to have a Jack in this exact spot. I think a seven, ace eight is like almost the worst of both worlds. Cause you don't have straightening equity on mm -hmm. being able to make a, you know, a low straight and seven or eight is not high enough to like beat most flops right at least with the jack you can get a jack high board and you know be good yeah um, plus in this seven, particular sorry go ahead well i was just gonna say with a seven your range is also weaker against the initial jammer because you know assuming marble jams folds you still have to beat the other player in order to take any chips down so yep i think that's a really very key good point. point really very key point. point here 
because um, heads up against their range. The difference between ace seven and ace jack is pretty big, actually. Um, if they're in there with a bunch of those, you know, eights, nines, tens kind of hands. Um, and they're going to be in there with ace eight, ace nine, ace ten, too. Like, those are the kind of hands that we want to be ahead of when we've got ace jack. And that matters a lot. I think um, ace, ace seven is probably a fold. Right. In, in Chris's spot. Ace seven is a fold, ace jack is a jam. And I don't know if ace 10 is a jam. I think ace 10 might even be a fold there. So then what are some other good, I want to talk about this a little bit then. So what, what are some other good candidates there? If you're in a spot like this where you want to get some blocker value, you want to have decent equity when you're called, you don't want to always have a second best hand. Um, it can't be just ace jack. What are some other hands that, or what are other types of hands that we might look at? Like why not king jack or, uh, you know, ace 10, as you say, um, or some other candidates like that. What do you think guys? Or what are the factors that you're considering when you're, when you're deciding, is this that spot to take that shot? I think there's a lot of good pairs that you could call with here uh, or do this move with. You the know, ISO shove? Pocket, yeah. yeah, pocket sevens, pocket. I don't know about pocket sixes or not because the odds are, well, never pocket fives. Yeah, you don't play that garbage. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, the odds are that the, the shover um, likely has two big cards. You know, they might be doing it with 10 jack or king queen or you know who knows what and the pairs play pretty well against those now there's also a possibility they might have a an over pair to that your pair in which case you're crushed but um in general i think that would work fairly well and if marble jams calls a pair will probably play fairly well against their range as well um mm -hmm. so that's that would be my thought process so are there, maybe we should look at this from the other side of the, of the coin then. So what are the kind of hands that we would say, absolutely, you should not do this with? So we talked about maybe A7 because it kind of falls in that gap in between there. I think you probably wouldn't do it with like suited connectors, for instance, because you're not going to be ahead of the ISO jammer range. Um, yeah, what, do you, what yeah. do you think, guys? Yeah, hands like if you have queen jack suited here, it, it looks nice and you want to call because it's a five big blind all in you know generally speaking you want to call five big blind all ins with a hand like queen jack suited uh but at the same time you have to worry about the other person that's in there and you could just be donating a lot of your chips so a hand like queen jack suited which changed some of the variables take out the opening raise you can make a case should call here uh but the way it's played out it's just an easy fold you know what is that? Why well, I said I mentioned Ace Ten as a fold, but maybe Ace Ten suited is a call. You know it, that's right on the cusp there, because if we're calling with Ace Jack or if we're jamming with Ace Jack off, I think we could also jam with Ace Ten suited, but that would be the lowest Ace that, yeah. that you could really do that with. I'm doing that for sure. I'm I'm definitely jamming with Ace Ace Ten suited yeah. here. And there is something magical about Ace Ten, right? It's that last one that gets you Broadway on those few runouts. That so there, there's a there's something objectively better about Ace Ten than Ace Nine in a way that there just isn't about some of those other gradations in in the hand rankings. Mm -hmm. So that that's a that's a good line to draw. And so and then is there something about uh, like having are there hands that 
well, let's take this just a little further and then I'll let y'all go. Uh, so then what is it? Is it just a hand that's got a blocker and another high card that you're going to have good equity with in those spots? Is, it really feels like it's the blocker value that you're going for here. Looks like well, you've you got to, you've got to be, you've got to be looking at Marvel jams as opening range from early position. And what we're saying is basically he's only going to be calling with a very, very small mm. portion of that range. So you don't have to have the best of hands, but you still need to beat the guy that went all in. You still need to be ahead of him. So, and he didn't go all in as a first in. He went all in over, over an initial raise. So he can't be that weak. You know, it's not like he was the first one to go all in so we could have ace four sitting there, you know. That's a good point. I got an ace, let's go. He has to worry about somebody's already in the hand and then there's people to act after him, so. Yeah. The, the non-blocker ones are the ones I, I, that John mentioned that I, I kind of, you know, that I could, those sort of middle pairs, um, I think they've got, um, because I think they're going to play well against the, uh, shoving stack mm. um, and we're we're potentially going because we said you know like maybe Jax is the is the best one that we're we're playing here I mean I think we can get potentially some better if we if we do this with sevens we can get potentially some better hands to fold um, yep I like that I like that really does change the dynamic of the hand when that uh, ISO short stack is in there because you, you're gonna have to go to showdown and right. uh, and the stacks, yeah, it's it's different than a typical light three betting spot because you don't get to take advantage of any playability post flop too. So, yeah. All right. Well, any other thoughts before we close this one out, gang? Seeing none, I'd like to thank Running Aces Hotel, Racetrack and Casino, Website Amp, Learn Pro Poker. Thanks, Chris Jones, Jamel Cuevas, Taylor Moss, John Somsky, and Rob Washam. See everybody next week. <laughs>